All right, here we go. Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-oriented group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives geared at developing ice hockey in Hong Kong and southern China. Established in 2011, the CHG is comprised of various programs for players of all levels. From the exceptional Junior Tigers program, the HKBN Idol League, the Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs, all the way up to their adult leagues, which include the SCIHL, for those looking for a fun recreational experience, and the CIHL, which is the only elite full contact adult hockey league. If you're looking for some hockey equipment, or if you even need your skates sharpened, stop by the CHG showroom in Central, an exclusive reseller of Warrior and Power equipment. For more information about their programs, check out their website at ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. Hey, hockey fans. Welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks Volume 48. Today, I'm really excited to have my very first guest from Japan. He's been a professional hockey coach for nearly 20 years, born in Tokyo, comes from an amazing hockey family. Uh, and he's currently the coach of the, you can correct me if I'm wrong here later, Chris, but the, uh, the Tohoku Freeblades of the Asia Ice Hockey League. So please welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Mr. Chris Wakabayashi. How are you, man? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. Uh, like I said there, you're the very first guest from Japan. I know very little about the professional league that, you're, uh, that you've been coaching in for uh, nearly 20 years. So really excited to find out about that and share some of your story with our listeners. Um, first of all, Chris, tell me a little bit about your childhood, uh, where you grew up, and when you, uh, when you started with the game of hockey. Yes. Yeah, so I was born in Tokyo, Japan, and my father's uh, second generation Japanese-Canadian and my mother's Japanese. So, um, yeah, I grew up with hockey uh, all through my life. Uh, my dad, um, at the time, I think, was uh, coaching in Japan when I was born. And, yeah, and uh, pretty much uh, from third grade to graduating university, I was uh, going to school in North America. Okay. So pretty much, uh, you know, I'm, I'm North American. <laughs> so you, you grew up watching and uh, and enjoying hockey like we did um tell me uh, well obviously you've had some very influential uh, hockey players in your family tell me a little bit first of all about your dad and you just mentioned uh, he was a play he was coaching uh, when you were a kid but he had a long career and uh, was actually uh you know a first first all-american uh, in the ncaa had a great ncaa career and it looks like he became a player coach um as well so tell me a little bit about your dad and the influence he's had on you yeah, he, he's been, uh, you know, my idol growing up, but uh, I know he was born in a in tournament camp in uh, British Columbia during World War II. Oh, wow. And all the all the Japanese, uh, you know, Canadians at the time were, you know, gathered together and they're in a camp in B.C. And 
And I think when the war was over, um, you know, my grandparents, they moved out east and uh, they settled in Chatham, Ontario. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, he grew up playing uh, hockey there and baseball, actually. Uh, he was a very good baseball player. He played uh, baseball with uh, Fergie Jenkins. Oh, wow. Uh, Hall, of, Hall of Famer yeah. there. And uh, yeah, so... Yeah. And then uh, he got a scholarship to University of Michigan, which he never thought he would, you know, have that opportunity and played baseball and hockey mm -hmm. at uh, Michigan. And, and then, yeah, he signed with the Red Wings at the time. And, um, you know, he's only five, five. Wow. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, just amazing. And uh, he played, uh, I think one year in the minors mm -hmm. and then he was recruited to go to Japan uh, preparing for the Sapporo Olympics in 72. Okay. So I think he moved to Japan in 69 or so. And then, uh, and then my uncle Herb, uh, he was an all American at BU Boston university yep. and he followed a year later. Um, and yeah, and they, you know, they were preparing to, you know, play for Japan at the Olympics and, uh, my dad actually, uh, didn't change his citizenship because at the time pros weren't allowed to play. And uh, he signed a pro contract. So technically, uh, he's not el he wasn't eligible to play. So uh, my uncle um, got his Japanese citizenship and uh, he played in the Sapporo Olympics in 72. And he also played in at Lake Placid in 80. Wow. And, uh, and then my dad was the head coach for the 80 Olympic team in Lake Placid. So yeah. Um, That's incredible. Big, yeah. Big influence in my life. Uh, you know, he was away a lot, so didn't get to spend uh, much time with him. And I also uh, moved away from my parents when I was in sixth grade. Um, we were living in Anchorage, Alaska at the time. And my dad was uh, moving back to Japan to coach uh, the pro team there full time. So the family moved to Japan. I wanted to continue my education in North America. So from then on, uh, yeah, I was pretty much on my own, uh, stayed with my relatives uh, during junior high in Ontario and, and uh, went to boarding school. I went to prep school out East in Connecticut. Okay. And, and then I followed my dad's footsteps, uh, went to university of Michigan, but uh, I wasn't good as, as my dad. So uh, didn't play there. Okay. But I went to school. Yes. At the, well, I'm looking uh, at your dad's stats, Chris, and I don't know if there are too many players that were as good as your dad. I mean, 3.11 points a game in his NCAA career. That's, I don't, that's unimaginable. Um, especially like you said, a guy who's five foot five, um, for him to be that successful and then even get a chance at the pros is absolutely incredible. So yeah, congrats to your dad. That's an amazing story. Yeah. He, he uh, actually had a pretty good camp and I think, you know, it was, so, it was only six teams back then. So right. I think yeah. if he would have, you know, uh, you know, hanged it out there, you know, he would have been able to maybe make it when they expanded, but he also uh, was invited to the Detroit Tigers training camp. Oh no. And uh, yeah. And he, he did a pretty good job in baseball and, and uh, they said he was too short as a second baseman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jose Altuve. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was a very good uh, two-sport uh, athlete. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, so, Chris, you uh, like you said, you weren't exactly the same caliber player that your dad was, maybe, but you obviously had a you developed the same passion and love for the game. 
Um, it was the mid nineties when you actually started your coaching career. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that and how you managed to go from your university days in Michigan and how you ended up uh, coaching uh, team Japan and as a manager in 1995. Yeah. I, you know, it was, uh, you know, I loved hockey and I kept playing uh, at the U of M at the intramural level. And then yeah. I also, um, wanted a coach. Uh, my dad was coaching at the time and I was really interested and, and, uh, I, uh, started uh, volunteering for a local high school, uh, here on high school in Ann Arbor. And then, uh, and then my senior year in university, um, uh, it was the North American junior hockey league and helped out with the, uh, Michigan, uh, Dearborn Heights nationals. I think that was the team's name. So I got into coaching pretty early and then, after graduating university, um, I went back to Japan and was went back to the team that my dad was coaching. But we're, we kind of um, caught like we weren't on the same team at the same time. Like he went back to Toronto and, uh, you know, I started playing. But at the time um, that season, my team announced that they weren't going to play with any imports. Okay. And at the yeah, and at the time I was a Canadian citizen because uh, when you're born in Japan, uh you go by your father's citizenship. Okay. And my dad was Canadian, so I had a Canadian passport. So I was in the process of getting my Japanese passport. So basically I was a practice player that season. Okay. And uh which was fine with me because uh I wasn't playing competitive hockey for 4 years, so I had to get my body back and um but the inter interesting uh, thing with me was uh, that season, um, Japan was preparing for the Nagano Olympics in 98. Right. Yeah. And they hired Dave King from the NHL yeah. um, to be their head coach. And they needed a translator. Okay. And uh, what happened was uh, the, my, the owner of my team is very tight with the Japan Ice Hockey Federation. And he basically told me that, you know, Chris, you're going to the Federation to help out with the Olympic team. So uh -huh. I was kind of forced into retirement. The start of your career. <laughs> yeah. You're going to start with an Olympic, yeah. as an Olympic team consultant. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So I, you know, started working for the Federation. Uh, I was a translator for Dave King and, you know, got to travel all around the world, uh, meeting different hockey people and yeah that's kind of where you know my coaching career started um because you got to understand what he's saying and then you got to relay it to the players and mm -hmm. and i was in all the the meetings because uh you know the federation was trying to develop japanese coaches as well so yeah. you know anything he does there's japanese coaches around and i was there translating and and uh yeah that that kind of set the the tone for me and after the olympics in 98 um the team that i you know was going to play for they hired me back as a translator for their foreign coach which was billy moore's uh, he was a legend at university of alberta okay yeah and, uh, he co and he coached with the rangers and the oilers but um yeah and then i think that's when people kind of um, saw me as a potential candidate as a, as a coach, but, um, my boss, uh, 
instead of uh, leaving me in, in the hockey world in Japan, he told me to go uh, work for his hotel in Tokyo. Okay. So uh, he owns a big hotel chain and, and uh, I was working there for three years. So I was out of, you're out of hockey, like hockey, but on my spare time, I was coaching local high school uh, okay. kids in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And also uh, I was doing color commentator for NHL games. Amazing. That's a dream job. You've already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then three years go three years go by and I'm like, well, you know, I love hockey. You know, I don't, I don't want to be in the hotel business. And so I was kind of looking to, you know, find a new job. And then uh, my old team came calling and said, Hey, Chris, uh, would you like to be an assistant coach? And yeah, right there on the spot, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like go, so back after, here. go back for one sec, Chris. You, you kind of jumped over the fact that you got to learn how to coach hockey from Dave King. I mean, um, what an incredible learning opportunity, especially early in your career. What what did you take from him? Like, what are some of the things that you remember uh, most about his either his demeanor or, or his overall like outlook of the game? Yeah, Dave was very uh, attention to attention to detail. Um, you know, he used a lot of video, and at the time, you know, video wasn't a thing back then. Uh, and and also, he was really demanding of his players. Uh, so, um, yeah, he he was like a like a school teacher, yeah. school teacher, yeah, and teaching the game, and and then yeah, and then setting high expectations for the players. So. Yeah, it, it was a great learning experience. And yeah. yeah, to learn from, you know, a guy like that, you know, starting up, it's, it's, yeah. uh, not many people yeah. get that opportunity, man. He's no. an absolute legend. So yeah. Yeah. Incredible experience. So, uh, when you started, it was actually called the Jap the Japan ice hockey league. Correct. So yes, the league did change names. It looks like in 2003. So you got your start, um, coaching, uh, how do you say a Kokudo? Yeah. Kokudo. Kokudo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great name. So, um, you're also coaching at world championships as well. So at that time, can you tell me a little bit about the development of the Japanese, um, um, you know, Olympic team or the world championship team, the national team that you were a part of, and just, I'm, I'm sure they, uh, you know, were just getting their start after Nagano and then what happened after that and how did that team develop? Yeah. You know, I think that the Federation did a, a great job trying to develop players for Nagano. And then uh, after Nagano, um, unfortunately, the the economy in Japan, uh, like the bubble burst and, it, you know, it really went to a, like into a recession. And then with that, um, you know, hockey became a very, um, like a burden to a lot of co corporations and, and then teams started folding and then uh, club teams are, you know, uh, club teams were kind of developing and, and, and forced to try to uh, manage on their own. So right. it was kind of a, the timing was kind of bad because there's a lot of good players. And then, you know, a lot of good imports, uh, you know, came, uh, you know, for a lot of former NHLers, uh, you know, played and, and the, the, the level of the league was pretty good. Uh, it was very high and, and but unfortunately, the economy was going down and teams weren't able to uh, sustain. And so, yeah, the timing was a little bit off. But, you know, I think Japan was trying to find its way. And and 
after the Nagano Olympics, the, the International Ice Hockey Federation had a uh, one spot for at the World Championships uh, top division uh, for they call it the Far East Asia team. And you so, guys were the strongest out here at that time? At the time, yeah, you know, Korea was our only uh, opponent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Japan was able to beat Korea and go to the world championships. So I actually was fortunate to go to, I think, three top division uh, world championships. And, you know, I, I got to see Ovechkin when he was, uh, you know, he had a full cage on playing top line in Russia for Russia. Wow. And yeah, um, but yeah, and then we managed, we didn't get to win a game, you know, and then... Yeah. One year uh, we were close beating Denmark, and I don't know if you've seen uh, like the. It, it always makes like the TSN, uh, you know, oh no plays of the of the year. But uh, yeah. one of our defensemen scored a one timer goal, uh, yeah. in a three three game. You know, in the middle of the third period, <laughs> and yeah, that kind of uh, yeah. you know put us in yeah, a hole. I, I'm gonna have to go back, but that does sound familiar. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, come on, you guys are playing in division one world championships. You're, you're probably not a real experienced team. And, and, but I mean, you know, this brings me to where we're at now with what's happening in China. Like, how do you feel about, you know, a team that's, you know, maybe understaffed, not, not competitive enough to really compete with the teams that are there. Is it a good opportunity for the team to learn and develop, or is it a chance to really hurt the system and the development of the program? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you you kind of have to have a balance. Um, you know, you, you got to be able to play top level hockey to improve. Um, and especially in Japan, where we're like an island country where you're yeah. not able to move to different countries and play each other. Mm -hmm. um, so that experience was huge for, you know, top players in our country. Right. Um, but but in some games, the level is so you know, so big that, you know, sometimes it does hurt your uh, confidence. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think you got to kind of take that in stride and, 100%. and focus on, yeah, focus on, on the good things and, and try to get better. But yeah, that opportunity is uh, like, you see it in other countries too, when they move up to the top division and, and, and gain that experience and then, and be able to sustain it. And then they develop and, yeah, and move up in the rankings. Um, yeah, there's a big difference uh, between Division One, uh, you know, the top division, and then Division One A. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So overall, you would say it was it has been a positive experience for you guys starting at that level, and you know, getting your your butts handed to you, and and you know, coming back the next year for more. And I mean, that just says something about the the federation itself. But would you say overall that's kind of the story of the Japanese ice hockey team? Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, 100%. When we're not talking about hockey on Across the Pond, we're usually listening to music. And after the number of hours our headphones spend on our sweaty ear holes, they usually need a little bit of TLC. Luckily, our buddy Brandon from Accessory House Global is there to help. If you're in need of replacement cables, ear pads, or heck, even a brand new carrying case, this is the one-stop shop you need to visit. Check them out on Instagram at TheRealAHG or visit their website at AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. You can even get a 20% discount on your first purchase by typing in AHG20OFF. Tell them across the pond, sent ya.
So you've been to a few world championships. You've been coaching. You were assistant coach for a long time. You've won five championships in the Asian league. So uh, you're no slouch to winning, Chris. What? Uh, what? Tell me a little bit about the league now. I want to. I want to know the level, the level of hockey. If you could compare it to something for our listeners uh, that they might be able to understand, and also, um, yeah, just the overall direction of the league. What? What? What can you tell me about it? Yeah, I think the the Asian League uh, when it started, it was only you know the Japanese team and one Korean team, and then uh, and then it grew into uh, uh, more teams in Korea, and then uh, some teams in China uh, jumped in, and then now now we have a Russian team, uh, you know, Sakhalin uh, jumping in, and I, I think uh, the level has gotten a lot better. Um, obviously, with Korea, you know, you know, uh, working towards their, you know, Olympics in Pyeongchang, and uh, you know, and their development, and I think the the league of the level is uh, is um, probably the the highest that it's ever been. Um, and then, but on the other hand, like just domestically, the Japanese teams, uh, they've been, uh, we've been kind of struggling. Um, because of, um, you know, a lot of things, you know, like I, we, I told you about the, the, the economy situation and also Japan, Japan having a low birth rate, you know, there's less kids, uh, and then there's less kids playing hockey because, you know, soccer is now popular and, you know, baseball was popular before. And, and then now basketball is, is gearing up. So there's a lot of competition, uh, to, you know, within japan to play different sports mm -hmm. but i think uh you know with the the russian team coming in and and the korean teams uh, getting stronger and now they you know move past japan in the, the world rankings okay um you know the level of the league is 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 very good um and i think it's, it's comparable to I think the East Coast Hockey League. Okay. Um, I think the style is different obviously. Yeah maybe a little um, bit probably yeah. wouldn't be rough. Yeah, it's not as, not uh, as rough. And, yeah, and uh, we play on the big ice, so right, more right. space. But um, but right now, like uh, you know, uh, Yushiro Hirano, uh, I think he's playing in Toledo or Cincinnati. Uh, he yeah. he's leading the the coast in goals right now. Right. You know, one and, of your players, one of your former yeah, guys. He, yeah, yeah, he played for us, and and he played for the Yokohama Grits uh, early in the season. So. Cool. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So yeah four, then, is there four local Japanese teams in the league, and then you've got a team in from Russia and a team from China? Is that what you said? Um, right now, it's five Japanese it's five. teams. Okay. Uh, but uh, the fifth one was uh, formed last year, and from last year, because of the COVID nineteen um, effects, we've only had the five Japanese teams play together. Like we're not traveling to Korea or Russia, gotcha. so. Uh, before the COVID thing, uh, it was two Korean teams, uh, one Russian team, and uh, and four Japanese teams. But okay. now it's five Japanese teams, and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can get that Asian league getting uh, started up again. You know, when yeah. things seems like it was settled. just getting kind of the the ball was just kind of getting rolling, and China was getting on board, and you got a couple teams from Korea, and then COVID hits and just messes. Yeah, up. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's a pretty crazy story, man. And like, tell me a little bit about your current team right now. And I've looked at your guys roster and, and uh, is it two import players you're allowed? And it seems they're both Canadians. 
Um, yes, the, the league rules to, to imports. And actually, um, from last season, uh, we, we didn't take any imports, just, you know, Japanese guys. Uh, we do have a Japanese-Canadian, uh, Simone uh, Denis, uh, but he has a Japanese passport. Okay. Um, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, the league rules to imports. And, and only um, one team this year has imports. Um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, teams, you know, uh, you know, financially, Bert, you know, they're, they want to kind of stay a little bit, uh, safe, so to yeah. speak. Uh, makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, um, what are, what are your current plans right now? I mean, obviously you've got the, the whole league and everyone's leagues are in shambles right now due to the, to, to COVID, but what, uh, what does the future hold for your team? And, um, what is, what is your plans for the future? Yeah, you know, I think the league right now, um, you know, for for some reason they uh, made it first half, second half uh, regular season, and you had a first first half champion and a second half champion, and okay. then they go to the playoffs. Uh, so um, you know, kind of a different format this year. Yeah. Um, so just starting our second half season. So hopefully, uh, you know, we finish fourth in the first half. Uh, so hopefully, we finish second or first and and uh make our way to the playoffs um and then as for yeah like i think you know hockey in japan i think um a lot of younger kids right now um are going to north america like there's a lot of kids playing in ncaa uh division one uh, there's a couple kids playing in uh, ushl yeah and um yeah so we see a lot more kids going abroad so um and i think the u20s uh, did a got bronze medal in, in their division uh, this season. So kids are developing and hopefully, um, you know, the, uh, you know, and after COVID, you know, settles down here, you know, I think get more teams in the top league so that there'll be more opportunities for kids to play and, and just overall for the league and, and the hockey itself in Japan, um, it's really centered around the Northern part of the country. Right. Um, the pro teams, you know, you got one in Yokohama, but you know, and then everything else is up north. Yeah, and I know, have most say, of the it's absolutely gorgeous up there. I was in Hokkaido two years ago, yeah, this and just absolute paradise, absolute yeah, paradise. yeah, yeah. It's it's a you know a great uh, place, a great part of the country. Yeah, um, and, and most of the you know I would say eighty percent of the players come from two cities in Hokkaido. Wow. Um, like Tomakomai and Kashiro, which is, okay. you know, in Canada, it'd be like Edmonton and Calgary. Okay. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you, you get most of your players from two cities. So, um, but I think to get the sport more recognition uh, domestically, we got to get more teams uh, down south, you know, out west and, and, you know, kind of build from there. And then you get kids playing in those areas too, uh, more. There are teams down there. And I think, you know, in a 10 year span, you know, you get more kids playing hockey, more exposure, and then you get more, you get better kids yeah. um, um, to develop, you know, and you also need the coaching too, yeah. which is important. Yeah. Yeah. You need, and you can't look, you can't be short-sighted. You got to be looking at the long-term effects of what you're doing. And um, I'm sure, you know, take that into consideration all the time, but 
Um, I have talked to a lot of people from, you know, places like Malaysia and Thailand where the school, where the sport is growing as well. And they're all, you know, similar, similar things to what you're saying to help to develop the sport in the country. What's it going to take? And hometown hero is, is something that keeps popping up. You know, you need a few guys that have made it a few guys that the kid, local kids are going to start looking up to. Um, what are your thoughts on what it's going to take to get Japan ice hockey to the next level besides, you know, uh, what you said, getting more teams in the country. Yes. I think, uh, you know, I think you need a mixture of a couple things where um, Japan, the country itself is really uh, focused on the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a Olympic centered country where, you know, you do well in, you know, at the Olympics, you know, everyone goes crazy, you know? Uh, so, you know, I think the women's, you know, they've uh, they'll be going to their third straight Olympics, which is yep. great. Um, and I think if the men's could get there, um, you know, it'd be a, you know, it'd be a bigger, bigger impact, you know, and, you know, having the women's and men's competing at the Olympics would be huge. Um, and, and and then another thing is, um, you know, just, just, uh, you need more hockey in, in the central part of Tokyo, you know, in that area, you know, that's where everything is, uh, you know all the intention is there and and if we can get hockey in tokyo um you know and and more popularity there um and then it will trickle down to all the you know different parts of the country um so you got to find a way to do that but you know rinks are you know getting shut down and in, in, in tokyo anyway um so i think it's a a big um battle there but you know, I think the Federation has to find a, you know, a plan and uh, try to develop, you know, kids and then also try to get more recognition and, and, uh, and then, you know, and the kids will start to play more. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think you're definitely, yeah, you're definitely hit the nail on the head there. So there's a lot of things that need to happen, but there seem to be happening and, you know, our fingers are crossed for you. I really hope that the sport can, you know, make its way down to Tokyo and start to grow because, um, as we all know, uh, hockey is an incredible sport and it's growing quite quickly all around Asia. So we need the leaders of the sports like you guys in Korea uh, to continue to grow because that's what's going to push all the other countries to get better. Um, Chris, before I let you go, first of all, th- I want to give a quick shout out to uh, our friend Kosuke Kida, who, who hooked me up with you for this interview. So thanks, Kos. Um, really appreciate that. And um, just a quick thought. What are your thoughts on the Olympics? I, I mean, we're going to have a lot. A lot of things are happening right now. Uh, just I just read a rumor that um, the, it doesn't look like the NHL players are going to be going at this point. The rumors are pretty strong. Um, what are your thoughts, first of all, on um, should pro players be playing in the Olympics? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, you know, I think... Either way, um, you know, the sport itself is exciting and and the competition is great. Um, You know, I was fortunate to be in Vancouver to watch, uh, you know, all the I was there at the gold medal game when he scored the. Yeah. yeah, And and just it's amazing. So, you know, the best players being able to play, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, uh, you know, you got to you got to take that in when, and when the opportunity is there. Um, but, um, you know, if they don't, I still think, you know, the product on the ice is, you know, a high level and, and, and guys compete. And, and I think, 
you know, they play for their country with a lot of pride and, and that, that itself, I think is just something that you want to cheer for. So yeah, yeah you know, um, it's, it's a great sport, great game, um, you know, and I think either way, you know, you, you can't lose. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to end it on that, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, I'll be checking in on you maybe in the, in the future to see uh, to see what you're up to. Yeah, please come to Japan. And hey, uh, I've yeah, been there many times. And the next time I come, I'm definitely hooking, hooking, uh, hooking up with you for a few games. Okay, looking forward to it. All right, Chris, take care, man. That was Across the Park, and that's a wrap. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Felix & Co., Psalm Sleep, and Yardley Brothers Craft Brewery. And of course, our head honcho here at Sunset Studio, Mr. Paul McLean. Folks, if you want to reach out, send in a question or a comment to acrossthepondhk.com or find us on social media at acrossthepondhk.com.